0: Do you believe in white supremacy? Uh, what do you mean by that? That's kind of a loaded question. How
1: is that a loaded question?
0: Okay, so but wait a second. Let me ask you this. So do you believe in white supremacy? Yes. Yes. And how did Obama become president? Because he was selected. By who? White people. No.
1: Hey, hey. against Mexicans, they're against Jews, they're against black people, they're against minorities. Where
0: are all these Nazis? Everywhere. Oh, let's do a quick pan. And uh, let's see them. Oh, oh, no, there's one. No, no, no. no. Okay, so there's none here, so where are they? Not the same. America, I'm the same. You don't have to cry, folks. They're both over there crying now. Good, Good day, Owen. Wow! Whoever put—was that your crew that put that together?
1: Yeah, yeah that, that, that was.
0: was. Um, I would like to commandeer that and and steal that, and okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold a, a a digital knife to their to their throats right here and say, "Give it to me right now! I want it." Yeah, you yeah, can, you can, you can have can, that. I'm, I'm hearing, hearing myself. myself. Uh, uh,
1: are you, are you you're hearing, hearing a, double?
0: a double? No, but let me see if I can fix that for you. Okay. About now, talk now. Yep, there we go. Okay, yep. we're, we're good then.
1: All right, perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, you can have that. I'll send you the file, of course. Use That's great that.
0: work by your crew there. I want to give them kudos. Um, I, feds, I'm joking, there were no digital threats made here. Uh, I am totally a peaceful person. Peace and love, peace and love.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 nothing but man, it's good to see you. I've been trying to uh bring you on, but you've been uh, you know, you've had you've been uh, indisposed uh the past couple of months recently how's how's freedom tasting you know it's funny i uh, every once in a while i'll run
0: into somebody for the first time since i've been let out or i'll just be out and about and somebody will recognize me and they'll say oh you know people just say small talk how you doing how you doing and mm-hmm. i can't help it's not just cliche but i mean seriously every day you're not behind bars is a great day it, it really kind of makes you reappreciate your freedom reappreciate uh being able to Move about freely. When you've had that taken away from you, um, it just makes you reappreciate everything. I don't want Americans to go through what I've gone through. I hope that no American does um, have to go to jail for a speech crime or a crime they didn't commit. But when you've been through it, it really makes you appreciate things, and it 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 makes me want to redouble my efforts to make sure future generations of Americans don't have to go through political persecution and end up in solitary confinement for their speech.
1: Yeah, it's really weird when you, <clears throat> I covered that, um, I, I, you know, as it played out, I made a, a couple of videos on it, and it was, there were a lot of times where it was like, uh, I'm talking about America, not South Korea, uh, or North Korea, or China, I, I had to keep like, reminding myself that, um, you know, we have literal political prisoners, there are still others that are still in jail, there were people that, you know, um, due to the charges brought upon them ended up killing themselves, um the whole thing uh was was wild to see play out on american soil the the uh, i don't know i guess sometimes we can be prisoners of the moment but it feels like th- that our judicial system has never been more weaponized than it is right now what do you think uh you think that uh what do you think about that statement
0: no i think it's hundred percent accurate. I would even go farther. I would say that we're living in the most corrupt time in America's history. I would say the entire administration is the most corrupt ever from the press secretary to the department of Homeland security. I mean, really, if you just go right down the list, I think, I mean, even look at the border. I mean, we have had every year under Joe Biden, we've had a record number of illegal immigrants cross into this country. The official number is just shy of 8 million. I think the official number in Biden's first three years was like 7.8 million. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That doesn't count the getaways. So we'll just leave that aside. We'll say, we'll say, well, it's probably closer to 10, but you know, we crunched the number on my show one day, we crunched the numbers. And in the last 10 years, if you add up the illegal immigrants crossing the border in the last 10 years, Joe Biden has doubled that in three I mean, that was a shocking number uh, for for us to reveal on air because I don't know if anybody else had actually gone down and done the math, but he has almost doubled. It was, I think, 4 million or 4.5 million in 10 years before Joe Biden, and now it's uh, almost 8 million in three years of Joe Biden. So it's going to cross 10 million. It's likely going to get close to 10 million at least officially that we have on record. I mean, that alone just shows you how corrupt it is. Plus the political persecutions, the political incarcerations. I mean, I don't know if you saw yesterday, I'm sure you did the her report that comes out where the special counsel says, yeah, here's all the technicalities. Joe Biden broke the law three different times, uh, taking classified documents, storing classified documents, and then sharing classified documents or information with an individual who wasn't authorized, but he's too mentally unfit to stand trial. So we're not going to charge him. I, I mean, really any direction you look, right now, I, I think it's fair to say we have the most corrupt government in the history of this country right now.
1: Yeah, the, the two-tiered justice system is right out there now for the whole world to see. By the way, I'm joined by Owen Schroer. You may recognize him from a variety of places, but he does have a daily show over on Bandot Video from 3 to 6. Uh, Owen Schroer's War Room, 3 to 6 Central. is perfect show to watch after watching my show, uh, you can find him at rumble.com slash Owen. And uh, all of his links are in the description below. Make sure you support him on Twitter, Rumble, um, and then check out store if you want to support him directly. I thought, um, what do you think of the not so seemingly conspiratorial anymore uh, thought that, I mean, what do you think about jo- Joe Biden getting tossed out there last night? Did you think that was a hit job? Where they're like, "All right, here you go, buddy. Let the whole world see that you're mentally deficient, and so we can start the wheels of change to to bring in someone to replace you." Well, what do you think? What do you think was the plan about last night? You know, the
0: big mystery behind the Biden White House is who's really running it. I, I think I think most people would agree that it's not Joe Biden. Yeah. So who's really making the decisions for Joe? I would guess that there are probably people around Joe that aren't very bright. I mean, I think we've all seen kind of what these radical liberals are like. They're not the brightest people. They don't have good decision-making skills. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't individuals maybe at not the most serious times or most serious levels advising him. And they might have thought that it was a good idea to send him out there. And they might have thought, "Hey, we need to have some sort of an answer to this special counsel, and let's do it tonight while Tucker Carlson is interviewing mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin, because you know maybe nobody's going to be watching, and we can
1: kind of get away with it." So it was viewed, it was the second most viewed thing I think in history, second only to I think the Super Bowl uh, based on in the first 24 hours. By the way, for for those, and kids it hasn't even been
0: it hasn't even been 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And Last I checked, just on Twitter, on. Tucker's account on X alone, it had 250 million views. So that's quite astounding. And that doesn't even count. I mean, we aired it last night on InfoWars. We had an extended late night broadcast. We had hundreds of thousands of people tuned into that as well. So, I mean, really the number here is probably cross uh, 300 million. But yeah, who's making the decisions in the Biden White House? He actually walked off the stage after about 10 minutes and the media said something to him. It might've been about the hostages in, mm-hmm. in the Gaza strip, I think. And then, and then, then he kind of went back to the stand and he started flipping through his notebooks. So I think that that was probably the thought process is, look, we have to make, and we have to issue a response here. Let's do it now with Tucker Carlson trending. Maybe nobody will notice it, but I mean, it's unavoidable whether Joe Biden went out and made that statement or not. The 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 report has already been filed. I mean, predictably enough, Joe Biden had multiple gaffes <laughs> during the fifteen minute um, press conference, if you want to call it that, last night. So yeah, I don't know. You know, the Mexican president with Egyptian yeah, president. Well, I, I thought think. he was talking about Dragon Ball Z. He said Chi Chi. So yeah. I thought maybe he had been watching some Dragon Ball, thinking of you know Chi Chi was in the room, the the daughter of the Ox King or something. Yeah. Um. No, but, you know, here's what's interesting to me because, you know, I, I talk to a lot of very informed and and intellectual political minds, and a lot of people are thinking that, well, this is the end of Joe Biden. He can only have it one or two ways. Either he broke the law or he's mentally unfit to be president. And, you know, so he's done. They're saying he's done. He's done. And I'm sitting here saying, well, you know, he, he might be done. They might have a plan to replace him. But really, what has changed? Nothing yeah. has changed. He's Nothing the same guy ran four years ago. Nothing. Yeah. The- <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. We knew about the illegal documents and we knew he was mentally unfit. So really nothing has changed and they're obviously protecting Joe Biden. And that's why they didn't want to issue a, a criminal in, indictment here. And I think to a certain degree, Robert, Hur probably was being honest. And he just said, look, I sat down for five hours with Joe Biden. The guy really doesn't know where he's at. He, yeah. you know, he really didn't know anything. Now, I think that's probably a lie, I think Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden does know when and where his son died. I think Joe Biden does know when he left the White House as vice president. I think he does know that. I think he's lying pretending he doesn't know that or he did lie and pretend he didn't know that when he was talking to her during the five hour interview that they had. But nonetheless, he is going to he is going to try to have his cake and eat it, too, that, oh, I didn't commit these crimes. But even though the finding in the report is that I did commit the crimes, they won't charge me because I'm mentally unfit. He's going to have to go against both of those decisions. He's going to say, "I didn't commit the crimes. I am mentally unfit, even though the report proved
1: otherwise." You know what I thought was interesting is my <clears throat> my wife is a uh, a normie, which is what I love most about her. She <laughs> walked in the morning. This morning, I was getting out of the shower, and she's like, uh, "So um, he's just a good, old, but basically the line, whatever it was, like he was um, a well-meaning." well-meaning guy or something like that she's like
0: well, he's just for he's a little forgetful so what he's just the president with the nuclear codes and three wars going on yeah,
1: yeah. even she was like uh she's like i don't think that's what people because usually she's like you know i'm always like oh that's cute because usually she sees something and she's like this is unbelievable but like people like us who are terminally online we heard about it three days ago you know and i'm like uh she must she watches the morning news and she's like can you believe this? Like, can you believe they're spitting this? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Like this is, this is this, this dude, it has been mentally unfit for years. I said, you know, there, there's them. There are two conflicting ideas. I think that people have one. There was this, um, people calling it a hit job last night. And then coincidentally, uh, the POTUS account tweeted out like, Oh, Kamala Harris is so great last night. um, so people are like see they're setting it up. My opinion is more like why would why would if we believe that the president isn't making decisions, which I don't think is a stretch, uh why on earth would they want to make any changes? They have the power. If they have the power now, why would they want to give up the power? Like you can have uh a withered old potato sit there and pretend to be the president if the if the quote unquote real people uh are making decisions, why would they make a change then? That thought that doesn't make sense to me. Well, not
0: only that, think about how compromised Joe Biden is as well. I mean, not only overseas with his deals with the Chinese and former mayors of Moscow and other such things. Uh, now, even right here in the United States, they got him. So, I yeah. mean, he's compromised literally up one side and down the other. So that's the perfect guy that you want. Totally controllable. And, you know, I think the other issue that that hasn't really been properly addressed that I'm kind of talking about now and I was actually just on Russian television earlier this week that I saw that you're, oh. you're
1: like a Russian superstar now
0: well you know I I <laughs> I think that this is a this is an a partnership that's long overdue but that's another story for another day yeah I think the most dangerous aspect actually of the current Biden administration is if the democrats or the deep state has ever or has already made the decision that that he's not going to be the next president. They've already made the decision that they're going to replace him. That's actually the most dangerous situation for us to possibly be in right now because we're looking at a situation where the deep state and the Democrats look at Joe Biden as a lame duck president, meaning that they can destroy his reputation, they can destroy his legacy, they can destroy the legacy of his administration, and it has no real detrimental loss to the deep state and to the party because they can just blame it all on Joe Biden. He can just take the fall, his legacy be devastated and all that. And so what sort of atrocities or evils or diabolical plans will they release in the name of Joe Biden? If that's the case. So, so that's kind of my scariest uh, thought about the whole thing right now is that if they have decided to replace Joe Biden, that means that these next eight months are are truly dangerous times. If Joe Biden is a lame duck president in the eyes of the deep state, then they will do all sorts of evil things in his name because it doesn't matter. He's not running for president anymore. And his legacy is completely worthless to them because he's not even going to be around much longer anyway. You know, mentioning when you talk about your wife, you know, calling her a normie, I wonder if, I wonder if that's not a similar response or reaction to so many other, you know, quote unquote normies out there. It's like, how I always be like, wait, really? Like, how is this? And it's like, I, cause you never know what it's going to be that wakes somebody up. Right. You never know what it's going to be that, that mm-hmm. forces somebody's mind to, to shift or the gears in their brains to start to, you know, start to mesh and for them to understand what's going on. So maybe that's a sign that it, maybe for some people, this is going to be it because it's just completely out of control.
1: Yeah. I, that's every time I use her as my litmus test, basically. And I'm like, okay, if it trickled down to her, there's some other normie out there that plays Candy Crush. I And by the way, I don't say that in a disparaging way. I, you know, being blissfully ignorant of everything that's going on right now is if I could choose between the two, it wouldn't be as easy of a decision as maybe some people think. I, so when she comes to me and she's like, what in the hell i'm like well i mean she didn't she you know she voted for trump in the last election but mostly because she's like well who should i vote for so uh that's a solid wife fellas but um i get two votes everyone else gets one but she said uh <laughs> and then you get to then you start having kids and then you can you yeah can your votes even more <laughs> yeah yeah that's the only way that the uh the only way we can take this back so she, when she's like what the hell and i'm like yeah. See, this is why I told you it was important that we voted, and this is why, and and so yeah, you hope that you know there is a lot of people. I would suspect that there are more states in play in 2024 than were in 2020. I, I you know I suspect Wisconsin to flip back, at least Michigan um, or Minneapolis. I, you can't imagine unions endorsing this lunatic. He doesn't even know how to put a hard hat on right. So I mean, I I hope that you know ultimately. We do see an awakening for those just tuning in. Um, I'm joined here by Owen Schreuer, and I want to show you, he's got a rumble page, which is um, at rumble.com slash season, Charlie slash Owen. Um, but it's also linked in the description below make sure you go follow him hopefully we can get him to at least 10k followers He's been kind of lazy on his rumble game i'd have to say hey hey um, i was i was put off by my jail time all right i was surging <laughs> i was surging to 10,000 and then they threw me in the hole all right fine okay well let's get get up the momentum <laughs> you can also tune in to his show daily at band.video um at uh, Owen Schroer's uh, war room at 3 to 6 central also of course you'll find his twitter and owenschroer.store. You can basically find all of his links to everything else. Plus, you can support him. Um, you know, I, I was thinking. Um, and by the way, thanks for for joining me today. Um, I know you're a busy guy, but uh, yeah, it's it's curious to me. I wanted to get, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Tucker, uh, Putin interview because how the hell can't we? Um, anything, if you had to pick like one nugget uh, from there that you were like, oh shit, you know. Uh, what stuck out at you is maybe the one or two kind of things from that outside of the history lesson uh, in the front of it that that really stuck out to you.
0: Well, let me just kind of try to give you um, uh, a,
1: a brief, s- shortened, kind of subsidized response to the whole thing. Putin said you know, that too, and then he went on a thirty-minute diatribe about the history. Yeah, of- yeah. Well, the are Mars. we going
0: to be serious here? Are we going to be serious here? Yeah. That was an interesting way. Well, let let's start with that because. I think that, you know, Tucker didn't really go in there with any agenda. And I think that that was made clear. I think that kind of the the initial response from some people might have been, it could have been more hardcore. Putin could have been more hardcore. Tucker could have been more hardcore. But I think that it's obvious that Tucker did not go in there with an agenda. And if and if Putin did have an agenda, it was to get that history lesson out. I mean, that was what obviously the first thing he wanted to talk about. He had it all ready to go in his mind. I don't doubt that he knows Russia's history extremely well, probably better than any other president knows their own country's history. I mean, really, is there any other president that knows their country history like that?
1: 30 minutes uninterrupted, going back a thousand years. Yeah. Like that's impressive. Even if it was you know, I I couldn't I I can't fact check it in real time let's say it's relatively accurate. I don't think there are a lot of people on earth that could, that could go like that unless you're like a history teacher. Well, and it also proves that
0: Vladimir Putin is probably one of the the smartest intellects that we have in a position of power, love him or hate him, think he's good or evil. I think you have to recognize that as objective fact. So I think that that was kind of the only agenda that Putin had going in. you know, also, the other thing that I think is interesting when you're trying to consume this from our end is that normally when you have interviews like this, they might last an hour or two, but they they slice it down to like maybe 20 minutes. And so they take the juicy parts and they put it down to 20 minutes and then they can kind of tell a different story, whatever story they want or whatever they think is the most punchy. And then they can kind of have that presentation. So for us to get the full, it was almost two and a half hours for us to kind of get that in whole it was kind of like a different taste, a different cuisine that we've never tried. And maybe we like it. Maybe we don't. Let's see if we do. Maybe tomorrow if we want to go back. And I think a lot of people probably are going to rewatch it. Now, getting into some of the highlights, there was really there were really quite a few. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody had ever reported that Russia was trying to join NATO or was about to like agree Clinton to join NATO. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then it got sabotaged by Washington, D.C. Or, or by the Clinton administration. I think that that's kind of big news. I think that the one the one punch that Putin well Putin took a couple punches I think at the West he talked about the West controlling all the media propaganda into Europe he talked about if you want to stop the war stop giving weapons and money to Ukraine and the war will stop both true yep I, I would again <laughs> yeah, just objective facts I don't know yeah. why anybody would disagree with that yeah um, and then you know again just talking about uh NATO and 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 the West's involvement with that so he took he took some blows at the West and then perhaps the most direct saying that essentially asserting that the United States or the CIA blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. I think we all pretty much uh, accept that as well. I don't
1: disagree with that either. Yeah, He had an
0: interesting, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he had an interesting comment on artificial intelligence or he, he ended up steering that in the direction of super soldiers. So I, I feel like maybe he was kind of tipping his hat there in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised that militaries would be trying to develop super soldiers or super soldiers technology or
1: like something out of the boys Compound V or something. They've been like doing that. that for years, right? They used right. to try to give them drugs, and I mean, there are a whole you know there are whole tribes of, of militaries that are literally on these drugs, you know, to to better you know fight and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's. Yes, I, I was talking about his. He flexed a little bit about his hypersonic uh, missiles or whatever it is. I don't, you know. I don't know the Russian military thing. I think he's, I think he, for me, I think his motivation was to show people one that he is strong and, and there mentally because he's been portrayed as like this frail, even, um, there was one headline that was like, see the moment where Putin grabs his leg to stop it from shaking. It's like, dude, that's what you took from two hours and 20 minutes uninterrupted of a guy being completely coherent. Is that maybe he had a leg spasm from sitting in a chair for two hours? You know, I, I thought it was really weird. By the weird. way, as you know,
0: anybody who does big media events, there might be a time of nervousness. Putin knew that this this was going to be viewed hundreds of millions of times. And I'm not yeah. saying he was nervous or something, but I mean, there's a, there's a level of adrenaline. There's a level of excitement. And yeah, you might have a bit of a leg twitch or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, that was such a weird thing to, to you know, I, I watch it because I, when I watch stuff, I look at it. I watch the spin and I watch like who reacts to it. And similarly, when he described the Nord Stream pipeline, which, again, I don't know if it's going to be like COVID, we're finally in 10 years, where everyone's just going to accept this fact that it came from Wuhan or whatever, that, you know, some of course we blew up the pipeline. Like, of course the United States blew it up. Who the hell else would? Like, I don't even understand why that's a debatable fact. And, like, um, he also talked about the other pipeline being closed to Europe, too. Um And he's like, hey, well, why don't you just open the pipeline? I think he was playing a little, a little politic in there. I mean, I'm pretty sure they close it for economic sanction reasons, but, um, I think he wanted to establish that he's not some sort of like, you know, Dr. Evil figure and that he loves his country. And I think that I was undeniable, you know, that's why he went on a 30 minute diatribe about his country, its history and why they, I also thought, what do you, what do you think about him playing the Nazi card? I thought that was um, an interesting play.
0: Yeah, so so that'll kind of lead me into what I was going to say next. I, I would say that Putin's speech was like ninety percent just hard-hitting facts, reality, truth-based, just just one-on-one conversation with Putin and Tucker, and then maybe like ten percent kind of you might say propaganda or yeah. spin or angling. Definitely like the one you just brought up. Um, so with the Nazi thing, you know, I think that that was a little bit of it. I think maybe the angle there or the belief there, because here's the other thing we have to understand too. We understand the American left and the mind of the American left. Putin might have an idea. That could have been a moment where he's maybe trying to reach out to that mindset or that ideology and saying, hey, look, you guys are obsessed with Nazis. You call everybody a Nazi. You think everybody is a Nazi. You go to bed thinking of Nazis. You think you know, uh, somebody sprang that there's a pipe underground here. Don't dig yeah. here. Is a Nazi swastika. So he might not understand how deranged these people truly are like we do. And he might have been thinking, I can present this and saying, hey, you know, there's actual Nazis over here. Like there's real Nazis, the Azov Battalion. There's actual Nazi holdout camps in Ukraine. They yeah. brought up this Nazi and, and Zelensky celebrated him in the Canadian parliament. Uh, so so he kind of leaned into that a little heavy um, and and he kind of took it in a direction where it, it it felt like it was a little more angled towards, hey, you guys think everybody's a Nazis, but here are the real Nazis He's that funding. are the online. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, the angle should have been. And he said and he said so much, actually, in, in, in prior interviews, he actually had mentioned it a couple times in a previous interview he did with NBC just a few years back saying, hey, you guys think I assassinate people who killed Ashley Babbitt? You know, who killed all these other people on January 6th? But really, I think the angle should have been you guys are afraid of Nazis so much. You know, look at the World Economic Forum. Look at look at your government censoring people. Look at your government throwing political opposition in prison. But I think instead he tried to lean to the left a little bit and say, hey, look, like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lower the IQ of the conversation here a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to try to go to the lowest common denominator. Look, there's literal Nazis over here. Look, you're literally saluting Nazis. The actual classical Nazi ideology is not even dead yet. And mm-hmm. that's basically what he said. I mean, in so many words. So I think, but I think that that was a little of kind of that 10% of yeah, I do single too. spin yeah. Yeah. propaganda.
1: Yeah, I think that was one. And I think when he was talking about, um, you know, I think, you know, kind of pretending to be ignorant to why economic sanctions exist. But I do think he it very succinctly. Um, uh, communicated, you know, like, hey, look, who's in? who can sink to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and blow this up? There's like five militaries on Earth that can do it. Okay. And who's actually has interest in doing it? And yeah. who's, you know, I remember our own media was like, well, Russia did it. I'm like, why? Why would they do that? Yeah. That and, pipeline was bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars a day for Russia. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then by the way, you know, the left who loves environment just like me seems to conveniently just look over the fact that that might be the biggest uh environmental disaster in in like I don't know didn't they say it was like the biggest release of CO2 or something like that well, Tucker something called there. it the big, I think Tucker
0: Tucker's words were it was the biggest environmental terrorist disaster or something I forget what his words were but yeah Some, that's yeah. what he said
1: yeah and they yeah they didn't um they didn't bother to say anything uh you know you know the left doesn't seem to care about that so all this stuff you know I think the interview, hopefully, um, forces... I think what happened is, essentially, the left could have ignored it, uh, but they didn't. And they and, and they made it worse for themselves. They could have just ignored it, and Tucker's fans would have watched it, but they didn't. Like, TDS, they, they, Tucker uh, Derangement Syndrome and Trump Derangement Syndrome <laughs> took over, and they had to talk about it. Now. I mean, the New York Times wrote a half a dozen articles talking about how... Um, Tucker Carlson's irrelevant now. It's like, well, what are you talking about? you keep writing about it. Um, so they screwed up. I think it was a tactical error that CNN was, you know, having a meltdown about it because, you know, there was really nothing that came out of Putin's mouth that seemed maniacal. Um, again, he could have been lying about this, that, or the other thing he could have been spinning. These things are probably true, but, um, you know, I thought, what do you think about the brass balls at the very end? My favorite part was like, dude, after sitting there for two hours, Tucker Carlson just straight up is like, yo, can you release that journalist? Can we take that journalist back with us? Like, that's a huge that's huge balls for, you know, I would think that that's a pretty I don't want to use offensive, but it's a pretty um, like uh, direct call out uh, right to the guy's face. Well, I guess at that point of the conversation, Tucker
0: felt that he had enough comfort and rapport with Putin to go ahead and do that, and uh, <laughs> it's it, it's likely more effort than has been made by the Biden administration to bring that journalist home. I mean, let's go ahead and mention Gonzalo Lira at this point, too, a journalist that the Biden administration let get murdered by yeah. the Ukrainian regime, so it's much worse to be murdered than held in jail, although I guess it might depend on... Well, they were torturing yeah.
1: him, too. By his own recollection, he was in and out of they were like putting shit under his fingernails and trying to blind him. You know, I, you know, the weirdest thing about Gonzalo Lira is that I knew him when he was coach red pill. And I was like, this guy's a clown. And then like 10 years passes. And then it's like, Oh, there's there's some journalist who's in Ukraine uh, reporting on the other side uh, of the argument or the, the, the conversation. And we, we just keep pumping money in there as they basically just killed the guy. Um, I mean, not basically, they, they killed him, they murdered him uh, because he was um, reporting, you know, the Russian side of things. And even if it was pure propaganda, like he was still an American citizen and we let Ukraine kill him and did nothing. And and we tried, tried to give him another 60 billion dollars. It's lunacy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you, you mentioned the left covering the Tucker interview to uh, to an obsessive degree. You know who didn't? Fox. Uh, that's right. Not yeah. even mention, which, uh, you know, I, I guess that doesn't surprise anybody for obvious reasons. But, you know, it's hilarious to call Tucker irrelevant when that is going to be the most watched political interview of the 21st century. I mean, I don't know where the numbers are at right now, but I, I'd say it's probably safe to say that'll be the most watched political interview of the 21st century. And I mean, there's definitely a level of jealousy, though. I mean, CNN CNN was complaining like, well, we tried to get the Tucker. We tried to get the Putin interview many times, and we got rejected. But wait a second. You just said that Tucker was committing treason and a traitor for getting the interview. But now you're saying that you were trying to get it. So, you know, what we're dealing with, and again, this is where. They also
1: interviewed Osama bin Laden, by the way. And they interview all kinds of world leaders,
0: and they should. (laughs) Of course, that should be happening. Nobody's saying that that shouldn't be happening. At least I'm not seeing anybody except saying that. Yeah, exactly. Which, unless they do it which of course is par for the course. They get to do one thing you don't. But, you know, and I think this kind of goes back to the level of, you know, we we understand the left, unfortunately, the American left at a very intimate level where we know they are the equivalent of the spoiled four-year-old in the grocery store checkout aisle that wants the candy bar and mom says no. And instead they decide to throw a temper tantrum, throw all the candy bars on the ground and cause a big scene, hoping that that's how they're going to get their way. So I, I don't know if I don't- it worked, by the way it well yeah. it doesn't unfortunately work for them too many <laughs> the times
1: 20 summer of love proves that i mean well, you know <laughs> it's but wild. That's what i'm saying is that putin he
0: like he's mentioned the riots before he's mentioned that stuff before but i don't think i don't think he has the deeper understanding of 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 the intellectual um let's say lacking of the american left and and so he tried to kind of go lowest common denominator, say, denominator talking about hey you know here's the real Nazis, like this is what's really going on hoping that it might it, that it might be understood by them but he doesn't understand no no, yeah, no that people was a miss, are, like, but,
1: yeah, yeah, whatever, people yeah. are
0: like four-year-olds there's yeah. no there's no bringing them to reality they're they're turning over the candy bar aisle because they were told by their moms they can't have a chocolate bar so there there is no capacity for intellect or sophisticated geopolitical conversation with them
1: at all yeah and by the way for everyone tuning in finally you're all you're all kind of late um uh, but uh, I'm joined here by Owen Schroyer. Uh, and all of his links are in the description. I just linked his Rumble. Actually, I put the wrong link in chat. That's the link to the live stream that you're already watching. There's his Rumble channel. Um, You can find him. Let me share this here. You can find him on his rumble.com slash season charlie slash Owen. You can find him at owenshroyer.store, and you can find him live. uh, Is it weekdays? Yeah, weekdays,
0: 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time. And uh, a direct link, if you don't want to go to band.video slash war room, or those links are still banned some places, uh, owenshroyer.show will take you right to my show. And it restreams 24-7 as well.
2: Oh, didn't
0: okay, perfect. Well, no means
1: no. Yeah. There it is right there. Yeah, you can tune in anytime there. Um, I wanted to get, you know, I think that the um, the interesting thing is, and by, by the way, folks in Chatter, if you're rewatching this later, uh make sure you go and uh if you if you you know at least definitely follow his Rumble channel but that, that, you know also check him out on InfoWars too um, I always like to move the needle on people who create on Rumble when they come on my show um, Well, I love that and are you you have an you have an original
0: content creator deal with Rumble correct I do yeah mm-hmm. yeah good for you and you know I'm not in the stock market and you know either, but it's I, nice I like to, to uh, <laughs> well I you know I I may or may not like to uh, gamble on sports every now and then right right um, Can't confirm or deny. Yeah. I I don't I don't get into the stock market at all. But I when I saw that Rumble went live and you know uh, with RUM, I was Mm -hmm. like, that was for the first time ever. I was like, man, I want to I want to get in. I want to get in on Rumble. I knew it was gonna take off, you know, no matter what it was gonna take off, just because the censorship on YouTube was gonna force it to take off. And uh, I'm just glad that they're making moves and they are trying to make it as good of a platform as possible by Ah, uh, you know, signing deals with you—they're trying to increase the abilities there on Rumble every day. So it's it's nice for people like me that got banned from YouTube uh, yep. way early on, got wiped out, and and it's kind of like it's kind of like losing an arm, and then and then now I got a an, and I got an arm again, and so yeah. that's kind
1: of what it's felt like. Yeah, it's wild to see. You know, for you know, I've been on it since 2016 or 2020, 2020. Um, which is a big reason they gave me the deal. They're like, "Oh, it's so a lot of people like give me a deal, and they don't even publish on the platform." Um, and they, you know, it's wild that I've I've watched my videos go from getting you know five hundred to a thousand views. Now my like standalone videos that I upload get fifteen to twenty thousand views, and my live streams end up with one hundred to 150 two hundred thousand people that watch them. The platform's growing great. Obviously, the election s- cycle is going to be nuts. Um, you know, once Trump starts doing stuff. You know, it'll be here on Rumble almost certainly. Um, most of the big Republican coverage is here on Rumble where you have um, – what is it? RN- the RNC has obviously got their deal with Rumble, but then you have – um, what's the news network that always covers? Right-side broadcasting. Right-side broadcasting, yes. Yeah. So and, of course, InfoWars, we have our live stream Info on Wars. Rumble 24-7 too. Yep, and uh, even they're bringing normies in, like Barstool Sports, stuff like that, I think that's good. That
0: was a big one, too. I mean, let's not discount that the Barstool has a massive sports audience. For them to be putting content on Rumble, I think, is a big one, too. And even some of this stuff that that is, is very niche, like the Slap Challenge, uh, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, I mean, even even niche stuff like that is big. So, you know, it only helps us, too. It only helps other Rumble creators because traffic is now being driven to Rumble with these other, uh, you know, niche groups and you know sports audiences and stuff like that so it's just it's nice to watch it grow and and have this continued success
1: yeah i mean i just went from you know you know from having you know 1 2000 people watching the show i think today we'll have close to 6000 um you know i think that's going up so it's good um and it's good to get normie content you know there's enough like right wing people that are going to be on rumble anyway so the more like normies come here um, it becomes, you know, you get a better chance at reaching somebody who maybe just watches that weirdo slap channel, the slap fight stuff. I don't understand it, but it's popular. People like it. So maybe they'll watch uh, Here, it. let
0: me explain it to you. Two men line up across from one another and then yeah. smack each other as hard as they can. Okay. I think that's it. <laughs> I, don't think
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything else to it. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. There must be some strategy, but it just seems like a never-ending um, CTE producing machine, but um you know hey w- d- different strokes are different folks i guess i don't know how these guys can hear anything anymore like you yeah. think they, their eardrums would be shattered after that and, yeah they must be um you know the other thing i wanted to i've got you for uh, you know if you have a little more time i was going to ask you about um the border obviously that's something that Infowars is reporting pretty heavily on i saw a great um did you see that uh, i'm sure you did the undercover james o'keefe where he dressed up as a homeless guy uh, and was getting like migrant buses P- for people that aren't, you know, in Texas or don't cover it on a daily basis. I think it's hard to really understand how wild it is. Um, You know, what's is there? Has there been any changes now in this Abbott, you know, Biden standoff stuff? Where Where is everything at with that? So here's what's been going on, even before the Abbott Biden standoff
0: is what happens when the media becomes aware of a massive illegal immigrant port of entry, like just the other uh, month it was Eagle Pass and everybody saw the, you know, the tens of thousands that were pouring in and those images of them standing in that little field. Well, what happens is when images like that go viral, well then the media flock down there. And so I I don't know who makes the calls, whether it's the NGOs or the UN or the Biden administration itself on where the influx of illegal immigrants is going to come in, what ports of entry, but they're following it very closely. So they know if the media is going to go to the Rio Grande Valley, or if the media is going to go to McAllen, then they're going to shift them to El Paso. Right. Oh, Well, if the media is in El Paso, then they're going to shift them to Brownsville. If the media is in Brownsville, then they're going to shift them to Eagle Pass. So it's really just a game of whack-a-mole. Now, there is no doubt, I haven't been, um, I, I've, I've not been too fervent in my support of of Greg Abbott and what he's doing at the border because really he's not doing much. He's a lot um, of talk, is what I hear from people there, who are in the know. There's there's a lot of talk and there's no doubt some action. But what, what what we found out, we first went down there when he had first sent the Texas National Guard. And what we found out was that the Texas National Guard was not even down there protecting the border. They were just down there to help facilitate the illegal immigrants. And actually, they were also engaging in suppression of speech and media coverage. I mean, they were holding guns. They were bringing up um, cars and buses to try to block our cameras. There's a famous video. It's probably been seen like tens of millions of times. It's about a 10 minute video where I just give them a tongue lashing for, for trying to block my cameras and tell me I can't report on the illegal immigrants. And I, and I'm like, Greg Abbott sent you guys down here to protect the border. All you're doing is protecting the illegal immigrants. So, um, even the action that's been taken has really resulted in just more illegal immigrants getting processed into the country. Now there's no doubt. I I will give Abbott some credit here and I don't like to do this Mm because he hasn't done much from my view, but I will give him some credit. His moves in the last couple of months have definitely stopped the illegal immigrants from coming into Texas, to Texas.
1: They shifted now to Arizona, I think. That's right. right. That's right.
0: And so that's the game that they play. It's a game of whack-a-mole. My guess is they'll be right back coming into Texas by the, by uh, by April. You'll start to see viral videos of them coming into Texas again, and people will say, well, what's going on? I thought Abbott was going to stop it. Well, so did we four years ago, and it yeah. didn't happen. So yeah. uh, that's just kind of the games that they play. And again, though, I, I think what it comes back to is how are the normies looking at this? I mean, this is a blatant invasion. There's really no other way to describe this other than an invasion. That's what – it is and now it's to the point where you saw James O'Keefe video i know muckraker has a video there's mm. another individual called info uncensored i yep. believe his name is henry mm. i forget his last name uh, i think henry Facey. i mean they've all gone into these facilities and guess what you know what the you know what the illegal immigrant facilities have a nice secure border yeah. really strong walls and security nobody can penetrate into the illegal immigrants uh, facilities but but they can come over in our country and get all this stuff for free And these are massive facilities, massive. I mean, they can hold, some of them can hold tens of thousands of people. I mean, Matt, they have soccer fields, huge entertainment rooms. Like you think, like, I mean, I'm talking like a line of like 10 flat screen TVs, video games, everything, foosball tables, bubble hockey. I mean, it's just crazy, all the stuff that they have in there. And so this is all coming out and it's all paid for by us by us they're they're taking up all the hotel rooms in cities like new york they're taking over police stations in chicago airports in boston rec centers in massachusetts schools in new york i mean the list just goes on and on so i'm just sitting here it's like how how can the how can the american people take this it'd be one thing if we were all so rich and flush with cash that we couldn't even keep the cash in our pockets we were all so rich but that's not the case the numbers on the economy are that half of americans uh, don't even have a uh, one month's worth of bills in their savings right now, and yeah, so yeah. that's because we're being forced to pay for illegal immigrants.
1: You know what's funny? One of my favorite stats that the Biden administration keeps running out is all the people getting new jobs. But when you like dig into it, it's all people who are already working full time getting second part time jobs. <laughs> They're like, oh. oh yeah, it's actually it's actually even worse. Not only is
0: it people working three jobs, which is not really a new phenomenon per se, no. The 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 numbers actually show most of the new most of the actual new jobs are going to non citizens. Mm-hmm. They're going to non citizens, and now the Democrats with Mitch McConnell, who I don't even look, I don't even think Mitch McConnell knows what's going on. He I think Mitch McConnell. He's Carlos, probably, please. He's probably sitting in the corner sucking on his thumb while mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer and his lawyers are writing these bills um but now they're saying oh illegal immigrants can come in here and we're just going to give them a work visa just just here's your work visa you come in here you go here's a job and guess what they'll work for minimum wage and yep. the american that went to college or the the young american that wants to get his first job when he's you know 15 whatever years old they go to the back of the line
1: well and that's going to drop down the uh, available salaries for people too what these places are willing to pay Where I live, you know, with a high school education, you can walk on an Amazon fulfillment center and make twenty-five to thirty dollars an hour. That's going to go away, and you end up with a situation now. I I saw there's even a video where, I think one of the things, and I don't know if Abbott masterminded this or not, and you probably do, but one of the strategies that is working is keeping shipping these people to Democrat cities. I want to see that redouble. I want to see that tenfold, because. People are starting, even um, Stephen A. Smith, who's a, uh, you know, him because you you may or may not sports bet, but he's basically the biggest thing in sports commentary. And he's basically your run of the mill. give him that credit. Oh, my uh, gosh.
0: Yeah. He just blew up his ego even more, which I is know. already,
1: it could already fill up the Dallas
0: Cowboys Stadium. And let yeah. me give you a word of advice. If you ever see Stephen A. Smith and you're in between him and a mirror or him and a camera or a microphone, just get out of the way because your body could be in serious
1: harm. Yeah, Um, that that I bet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing, though. Let me respond to this because that's kind of I I understand why people support that. And it is definitely made a a political impact. It's undoubted. You can look at the response from cities like Chicago and New York, where where, what are probably typical Democrat voters, I mean, specifically the black populations, they're standing up and they're saying, hey, wait a second, you're supposed to be taking care of us and you're putting these illegal immigrants in front of us and they're getting all this free stuff meanwhile we're still struggling here's the problem with that strategy and it's not going to it's not going to happen in 2024 but in 2028 this is a huge threat that increases the population of blue states like Illinois and New York and say California that's going to give them one or two extra electoral college votes that they need to get to 270 and so i, I don't know Fair if point. this is i don't know if this is a strategic blunder on Greg Abbott, some people would say that he's doing it intentionally because they Mm. think he is uh, an actor of the uh, world economic forum. But at the end of the day, while it does have a good political statement and and I have seen it have a political impact, we have to be very careful not to give Illinois and New York and California extra electoral college votes because that
1: can end up harming us in a general election. That's a very fair point. Um, I think, uh, Know, plus, you know, from the humanitarian aspect of it, I'm not a huge fan of using human shields in, so to to speak, or human capital to uh prove your point. But you know, I guess the only way you can make sure is that if Trump wins and Trump follows through on his mass deportations, we'll see. Trump does, you know, I've got a lot of love for Trump, but he's still, you know, it's not like he can just walk in there and do what he says he's going to do. Um, he needs to be able to get stuff done, and we know the way the machine works against him once, when he is president, when he was president, um, you know, this idea of him having the biggest mass deportations in history, who knows, you know, he said he was going to build a wall too. He said he was going to put Hillary in jail, you know, all this stuff. Um, So yeah, I think that's a fair concern. Um, I do wonder though, I mean, yeah, it might be a short, short-sighted essentially, because it definitely is you're seeing all these, you know, Stephen A. Smith up, uploads a video yesterday to, our, to his podcast, which is probably mostly apolitical sports heads or libs, Who, because you can't really listen to Stephen A. Smith in, if you're a conservative, because he spouts all the, you know, baloney. Oh, yeah, racism. Oh, yeah, I make $100 million a year, but black people still got a hard crap. But even he was like, what the hell's going on with the $1,000 checks in New York? He's like, I walked by 100 homeless people on the way to work, and we're giving $1,000 to illegal immigrants. He called them migrants. But illegal immigrants. And it's like that stuff is getting out to the normies. I think, how do you? I was gonna ask, my opinion is no, I'm gonna ask yours first. Do you think that translates? What do you think happens to the normie or the um or the uh you know the hesitant Democrat voter this November?
0: Oh, I, I didn't hear that Stephen A. Smith podcast. A couple other people have asked me about it. Did he mention that it's the Democrats doing this?
1: I don't remember. I only saw the two minute clip. I because, don't think he
0: did. Because I don't that's, think he did. that's the ultimate answer to your question is will the normies or will what what are probably likely going to be Democrat voters or have been Democrat voters, will they realize that this is Democrats doing it? That's that's really the ultimate yeah. question here, because we're seeing it everywhere. And and I've covered this. I mean, I I virtually cover this every day, whether it's New York or Boston or Chicago but, I mean, every day, whether it's a city council, whether it's at a rec center, a hospital where the illegal immigrants are taking over, whether it's on – there's an entire island on New York now. I forget yeah. I forget the name of the island. It's, it's off the top of my head right now. But uh, I think it's Russell Island or something. The point is the, the, the locals there, the what, what I'm assuming are Democrat Democrats. Constituents, yeah. they're complaining, and they're complaining, and they're getting louder and they're getting larger in numbers and they're complaining but the question is do they realize that these are democrats doing this hmm. do they understand that this is a democrat policy that is the question and and i think we'll only know the answer in the results of the 2024 elections you know and and here's here's the problem the only reason we have to have this conversation is because Republicans are so awful at messaging that that, that we can't even get this out. Think about how good Democrats are with messaging. If you ask, my my guess is, if you asked a lot of these people, hey, you know, what do you think about the illegal immigrants in your city? Oh yeah, it's awful. Well, whose fault do you think it is? They'll probably blame Greg Abbott.
2: They'll probably
0: blame Ron DeSantis. That's how good Democrats are with messaging. Now look, I'll give Republicans some leeway here because the Democrats pretty much own the mainstream media. They own the social media companies. So they have a huge advantage when it comes to this, but, but there almost is no pushback at all. And that's the problem. There was an RNC chairman, Ken something some time ago who made a statement saying, yes, we failed black voters. We, we failed our black constituents. We failed the the black Americans that started the Republican Party. We failed them because we gave up on them. We quit God. trying to get their vote. We quit trying to message to them. And he's absolutely right. I forget the guy's name. It was Ken something some years ago. But he's absolutely right. So it's almost like it's not just with the funding. It's not just with the rallies. It's not just with the political activism. It's even with the messaging. It's like Republicans have just decided, eh there's no point in trying to message inner city Democrats. There's no per- point in trying to message right. inner city black Americans. Cause we're just not going to win with them. And so there's just no point in doing it. It's a, it's a horrible oversight. And Trump
1: did. I think Trump did a little. Well, then he's threatening to go in on it even yeah. more. So. He needs to, because he needs to just, like you said, educate them on, Hey, you notice, you know, where all your money's going and your kids don't have playgrounds anymore. Like, you know, and I don't think that, the one advantage trump has is that i think that people don't necessarily view him as a republican they view him he can he can brand himself as an alternative and i think he can get those inner city votes if you know even if he's not going to win he can siphon off some support my prediction and i'll put it on the record right now 150 i looked it up about 100 let's call it 160 million votes in 2020 i bet you that number goes way down like i could be dead wrong on this but i'm thinking nowhere near maybe 135 130 because i think there are so many people that went out and voted to get orange man bad out of the office that are just not going to vote this time they're not they're not going to go vote for trump but they're not going to be as motivated to like go and get rid of the orange man because life has been shit for middle america life has not there is i mean i look i get disappointed all the time but stuff is expensive where i live in wisconsin if wisconsin doesn't go back to red i will be shocked and what about I
0: mean, a six-pack six of spotted cow is it more it's expensive than it
1: was uh oh yeah frick i mean it's like 10 bucks for a six-pack oh, now oh yeah. this is just
0: criminal this can't stand well, yeah. you know, here, here's the thing though the 2020 election was a bit of an anomaly with all the mail-in votes i mean yeah <laughs> they were telling me Because I was, you know, when I was in uh, when I was in prison, I talked to a lot of guys in there who'd been there for quite some time. And they were telling me that for the first time ever, and they'd been in there for multiple presidential elections for the first time ever, they were bringing in ballots for felons to vote for felons (laughs) to vote. Yeah. And they were telling me like, oh, and nobody knows about this because, you know, people don't typically listen to felons for news. Right. But he's like, oh, and I've been in I've been in prisons for four presidential election cycles and nobody has ever brought ballots in here for felons to vote. It, it happened in 2020. And you get, so you get that, which is probably a minuscule number, all things considered. It's not but nothing. Yeah, is, exactly. The point is, there's all these anomalies, the mail in votes and everything else. So so trying to draw any data from 2020 is a little risky. I think the more important data to look at right now is the current primaries where Trump is still putting up the same numbers that yes. he's put up for for two straight election cycles. Um, so his numbers are still there. Whereas if you look at the Democrat numbers, they are hemorrhaging votes, hemorrhaging, 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 whether it's New Hampshire, um, whether it's Nevada, the, Nevada Democrat, yeah, yeah. The, the Democrat voter numbers are way, way, way down. And I mean, people can say, oh, well, it's just a primary.
1: It doesn't so matter. It's still,
0: it's still, there's still data there and there's still data that we can compare it to. And the Democrats are not showing up for these primaries. And so people can say, well, you know, Biden's already got it. There's no other real candidates or, well, Democrats are going to go out and vote for Nikki Haley or whatever. Uh, Okay. So what? So, but that translate to the, that translates to the election. Those same arguments can be made when it comes to the actual election. So I think those are the real numbers that I'm interested in right now. I think Super Tuesday is going to be another big indicator about where things really stand right now as far as the votes. So then the question becomes, are the Democrats or whoever it is, I mean, you know, people could say the Republicans have done it too. You know, people say George Bush stole it from Al Gore. But the question is, how obvious are they willing to make a steal? 2020 was the most obvious of all time where most Americans that wouldn't doubt an election or wouldn't have questions about election integrity now are. In fact, poll numbers show half of America think that thinks that Joe Biden got in via voter fraud and that's Mm -hmm. world news now. So, I mean, the question is, how aggressive do they want to be with the steal? At this point, I think Trump is the heavy favorite. I think they wouldn't even mind giving Trump four more years. Um, and, and letting just whatever happens in the next eight months of Joe Biden happen and just do all kinds of dastardly, a bunch of wars. Yeah. And and, And then, and then they'll come back full force in 2028. And that's when they'll probably make their next big play. So if I was forecasting at this point, I think Trump is the favorite to win, even with the voter fraud. And I think the next big play by the Democrat party is going to be 2028. And they're going to do all kinds of things they to get Newsom the illegals, time, illegals to votes and everything else so that 2028 they can have a landslide for whoever their candidate is, whether it's Newsom or whoever.
1: Yeah, I think, um, by the way, I just want to let everyone know, if you're in the chat, um, I'm joined here by Owen Schreuer. His Rumble channel is linked in the description. If you're enjoying his commentary, please do follow his channel. I think we can get him over 10K. Um, you can also find him live most days. Weekdays for sure on Infowars on Band.video from three to six central time. So right after my show, it's a great place to pop over and watch them. You can also go to Owen Schroyer, one word dot store to find links to all of his various channels. Or of course you can just go to band.video slash channel slash. Well, I'm not going to say all that, but you can find a link to war room with Orange Schroyer right on band.video. Um yeah, I think um one thing I don't want Trump to do. And I, I will say this, you know, in all honesty, like I've, I've, uh, my support for Trump has, is like uh, ordering the Jurassic Park sequels. In 2016, it was the highest. It was less high in 2020, and now it's it's less high in 2024. I Didn't still think they just announced
0: another one too. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's why he's got to win so that there's no more Jurassic Parks. But the <laughs> and like they, but I think that you know he probably is still the best candidate like you said, I just don't want him to say anything stupid this time. Like I don't want him to talk about election fraud. I want him to tell everyone to go out and vote. Like, I don't want him to, I thought that was a huge tactical mistake in 2020 when he was like, don't mail in ballot, you know, because yeah, once you funnel everyone in then, Oh, what a coincidence we have voting machine problems. So I think, he, you know, I hope that he has other, you know, he seems to have better people around him. I think having Vivek around him has helped him tailor his message a little bit better. Now he's talking about, um uh the digital oh shit freaking cat. Uh the digital currency. Um, which by cats? Yeah, well, she tried to jump up on me. Oh gosh, the, there's no way in hell Trump talks about the central bank digital currency without Vivek in his ear. And I think that that you know, there's stuff he seems to have a little better messaging this time around. I just hope he doesn't dwell on election fraud. Like, just tell people to get your ass out and vote. It's it's totally counterproductive to say ah, well, they're going to do this or that or th- no, go vote. And you know what, go get, you know why the one of the big reasons, other than we can talk about some of the shenanigans that happened in that election. But you know, another thing that Democrats did is they freaking went out and got the votes. They were sending people door to door to collect votes from elderly people in the hood. Republicans should do that. Yeah. Like I, the idea is like, um, I think more people are coming around to it, but for a long time, it's like, well, we have the moral high ground. Yeah. And you keep losing yeah. So get out there and send, you know, hire, you know, thousands of college kids, send them into these, these neighborhoods, go hand pick hand collect votes like the Democrats did go to retirement homes, every retirement home, go fill pre fill it out like the Democrats did. You have to play their game. You're, it's a different, I mean, you you just can't die on this. We're above all that anymore because that's why the Republicans lose. And by the way, this
0: whole idea that Republicans have the moral high ground, while it it, it is true in a factual base, the Democrats don't even give you that. Right? They don't, they don't, even, they don't even give you the meat. So it's like there's no point even trying to have that. But you know, we learned something even sadder when the FEC reports came out, and Jennifer Van Lahr did a great job with Red State breaking it all down. But uh, Ronna McDaniel needs to go. She she has to go. Yes. She was supposed to resign today. I haven't seen that in the news so I guess she really is going to cling on to that position but she has to go. She's spending more money on personal luxuries like lip fillers, limousine rides and floral arrangements than she is on voter data. Yep. I mean that's everything. The Democrats are that's where most of the DNC spending is to voter data. How do you think they figure out who what dead people to vote for? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, Republicans need to start playing this game as well. It's it's kind of like You know, I came from sports media years ago. I like to make sports analogies, but it's like if one team's offensive line is holding so that their quarterback can't get sacked and then the other team is saying, well, we're not going to hold. We don't want to get a flag. Well, if the refs aren't calling holding and your quarterback's been sacked 10 times and the, the, the other team's quarterback has been sacked zero times, and you won't hold because you don't want to hold because you have the moral high ground. Well, you're, guess what? You're going to lose the game. Your quarterback's going to get sacked. You're going to lose the game. So, yeah, it's time maybe for us to start holding too. So, yeah, they should do all kinds of voter drives. They should do ballot harvesting, whatever's legal. Whatever the yeah. Democrats do mail-in ballots. Do it all. Do it all. Whatever the Democrats are doing to get all these voters into the into the uh, uh, final tally, the Republicans need to be doing it too. Unfortunately, Ronna McDaniel's not doing it. Um, she's she's more focused on getting ass implants and lip filler. Yeah. I think, than uh, making sure we've, we we stuffed the ballot box. But hopefully that can change uh, before it's too late.
1: That's but- what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that message gets out there. I've been like pounding that too. Like, dude, there, I mean, it's time to win. Like we have to win. And And if I'm not saying go break the law, but I'm saying if we're not doing every single thing the Democrats aren't doing and more, we have no chance. You can't whine and complain about losing an election when you told people not to use, not to vote. Like that was my biggest gripe about 2020 is like, dude, you told people not to vote. And then we were getting all these videos of, or told people not to mail in vote, but you know what happens when you can mail in vote? You can do that shit three weeks early. Like I've never voted on election day. I go weeks early. There's no line. I walk right up and I vote yeah, early voting. Yeah. Personally, early voting. I think we should get rid of it all. Um, but we're I make usually, it a national holiday. I I I,
0: I, I, I tend to early vote too, because the lines are shorter. Yeah. Um, but uh, mail-in voting should definitely be illegal. Early voting, well, okay, I don't know. I still I still think it should probably not exist. I well, think Well, if it you want to let
1: soldiers do the remote, that's what it's supposed oh, to be And there's absentee ballot. I've done an absentee
0: yeah. too. Like when I moved from Missouri to Texas, I had to do an absentee because yeah. I was registered in Missouri and not Texas. And then I had to yeah. change my register and I probably still vote for Missouri Democrats now. Um, now that <laughs> I'm voting <laughs> yeah. in Texas, I'm sure the Democrats are voting for me in Missouri. I've never voted for a Democrat before. But I'm sure they find a way to do that with all their uh, the the voter data that they have. Yeah, that's Daniel's not interested in that.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's the RNC is the party of losers um, for the most part. And let's not pretend too that I mean we got plenty of rhinos that suck ass. There's plenty of people with R in front of their name that are pro sending another sixty billion to Ukraine, um, and sending another whatever fifty billion to Israel who doesn't need it, and then sending fifteen billion to. Uh, Palestine. So again, on both sides of the war for crying out loud, um, way, though, you know,
0: here's something Trump mentioned. He did an interview with Maria Bartiromo a couple of weeks ago. And, and this is a little, this is something that, um, people tend to forget. If you go back to 2016, if you go back to, I believe it was April, 2016, um, the, the Republican party voters were still a little split. Yeah. or at least in the way the media presented it, you still had Ted Cruz that was 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 still garnering some support. Um, I think Marco Rubio was kind of you know on the coattails Get a, a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you had Donald Trump who was really surging. The media never gave him the credit, and and something something huge happened in a week in I believe it was March or April in early 2016. Trump goes to downtown St. Louis, and that's where I lived at the time. Trump goes to downtown St. Louis, I mean, right downtown, and he has a rally. And this was kind of the first Trump rally that broke the doors wide open and changed the entire course of our political history, quite frankly, not just because I caught a Wild Age Skrillex and Carl the Cuck in, in, in <laughs> one,
1: the classic in, video. Yeah, in yeah, One
0: Route 12 adventure, yeah. but because what happened that day was there's a there's a It's called the Peabody Opera House. It probably holds no more than 5,000 people. It's attached to the big hockey arena in downtown St. Louis. So he has a rally at the Peabody Opera House. His rally, I think, is for like noon that day. This place was filled to max capacity by 9 a.m. There were miles out. There were miles of people lined up to get in, just wrapping around the entire hockey arena. And then downtown just ended up becoming a mob scene. Now, why am I talking about this? Because nobody goes into downtown areas like St. Louis, if you're a Republican, and has a massive rally like that. It just doesn't happen. And obviously Trump's people were not expecting that turnout, because if they were, they would have gone to the Scott Trade Center, and right. they would have had it there, and they would have filled a hockey arena with 20,000 people. But they didn't think that, so they went to the Peabody Opera House, formerly the Keel Opera House, formerly the Keele Center, and, and and so they were all these numbers. Okay, but what happened next? Let's not forget what happened next. Then Trump went to Chicago and the Democrats put their terror operatives and all of their on the ground operatives. Laura Loomer explained, explored, uh, exposed this, by the way, with Aaron Black and other DNC operatives saying, We're going to get to the Trump rally. We're going to shut it down. We're going to basically launch violent events on the streets. And they shut down Trump's Chicago event. And now Trump doesn't go to these downtown areas that are traditionally black democrat voters anymore he stopped Mm -hmm. it because of that so on maria he said you know what i might go into queens i might go into brooklyn i might have to go into these inner city areas that the republicans have ignored because we got to get the black vote and i'm with black voters so i hope he does that again obviously the level of security that's going to be needed is going to be massive because you're going to have the democrat operatives out there but it has to be done because it because that will win black votes. It sounds it sounds really simpleton and mundane, but trust me, trust me, it means a lot to these people. When you actually show, you show up, up. yeah. When you actually show up and show that you care, then they will show up for you. But if
1: you don't show up for them, they're not gonna show up for you. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. Just look at the 2016 election and Hillary didn't show up in Wisconsin and she lost. Like that that will go down as one of the biggest campaign fuck-ups. And Trump came to Wisconsin, dude. He came to Washington County Fairgrounds. That's where I saw him. A tiny little fairgrounds in like uh, forty-five minutes outside of Milwaukee. And he was there twice. And then he went to Green Bay. These are not. These are not Madison, Milwaukee. He was like out in pounding the. That was one of the biggest things. most impressive thing. That dude was out, and he was shaking hands and glad handing and kissing babies. He does have to go back to that, and now it's going to be way harder than it was eight years ago. But he's got yeah. to—he's got to, he's got to uh, reinvigorate people uh, to get back out and vote. And I think you're 100% right. If you show these people that you care, they will show up. And like you said, uh, I
0: think he's going to surround himself with better people. I think he also has more political acumen and experience now. And I'm hoping that the rudders of his campaign are Vivek Ramaswamy and Stephen Miller. That'd those need to be the two rudders of his campaign and his potential administration
1: because those guys get it. They yeah. get messaging and they have no fear of telling it like it is. Yeah. Vivek, you know, for a long time, the the, the knock on him is that he was like too perfect. Um, and I get why people felt that way. But that dude is a Trump surrogate and he's young and he's full of piss and vinegar. And that guy will go do five events a day for Trump. Uh, and, and that is just something that nobody else can do. Nobody can match that guy's energy. Biden doesn't have anybody to go out as a surrogate for. He's going to send Kamala Harris. Everyone hates her. They're about to have a rally with Obama and Clinton. That's (laughs) their big play. Obama and Clinton. Obama, maybe Clinton, you know, he's, I don't know if I'd be trotting him out there. You know,
0: everybody talks about Michelle Obama running again. Yeah, honestly, I think the Obamas are done. I think they're done with politics. They've made their hundreds of millions. I don't think they're interested anymore. They're fat, happy,
1: and rich. They don't care. Just if you're Michelle Obama and you look at what happened to your husband in eight years, you don't want that. And she has basically said as much. Like, she's not interested. She's like, no fucking way. I'm rich. I'm out living the life. By the way, I'm joined by, I'm going to let Owen get on with his, I got one last question for you, but. Owen Schroer live uh on rumble.com/c Owen. all his links are in the description by the way give him a follow uh over on rumble um and then obviously you can find him all of his links at owen he's live on infowars on band.video from 3 to 6 central you got a show today Owen? I do as soon as I uh as soon as I sign off here
0: I'm going to be heading into the infowars studios and I'm putting a chat I'm going into the rumble ranch right now I'm putting a,
1: cha- a chat with all these links as well okay perfect um last question VP pick who do you think it will be and who will it actually be I mean oh. who do you want and who will it actually be You know I'm I'm one
0: that tends to trust Trump when he tells me something but his messaging on this has been very confusing about a month ago he said he already chose his VP mm-hmm. and this is when um Vivek was still running and so my my guess is that when Trump had already chose his VP I I'm trusting he was being honest about that was it was nobody who was running and it was, it was nobody who was already in office. It was ben think, Carson, probably right. Maybe a Ben Carson.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that, or, or, um, I forget there was somebody else on my mind, but yeah, Ben Carson was kind of the leader in, in the clubhouse. But now I, I feel like, um, maybe that was a bluff and he hadn't picked his vice president yet. Now I do not think it's going to be
1: Vivek Ramaswamy. I do not believe that he doesn't bring you any new votes. That's what my biggest that's why I think I wouldn't hate it, but he doesn't like he's not getting somebody who wasn't going to vote for Trump, I don't think.
0: Well, and, and think about it like this. The vice president used to be the runner up. The way the American political system used to work was that the vice president was the runner up. Well, we got rid of that some time ago. So now really what the vice president has become is, like you said, who's going to get me votes, right? I mean, the only reason you Biden. State. Yeah, the only reason Joe Biden pulled in Kamala Harris was because they thought it would bring in, I guess, the black female vote. Yeah.
1: So it it it's kind of a bit of a play for votes. You might same even reason play. Trump picked picked Pence is for the hardcore Catholic Christians, you know, Utah voters, stuff like that. So,
0: so if I'm if I'm going with that line of thought, I think it's going to be a woman, and I think the leaders in the clubhouse, if it's going to be a woman, would be Christy Noem or Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, between the two, I'd say Christy Noam gets the edge because I think Trump likes to surround himself with uh
1: good looking women. people. We'll
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, just leave it at that. I think Carrie Lake is a real barnstormer for Senate. So I don't think Carrie Lake is interested in vice president. I think she really wants to win that Senate seat in Arizona. And uh, there's been a lot of effort going towards that. I do think that Trump has a really good relationship with Ben Carson. He's brought him on the campaign tour a couple of times.
1: Um, he's smart. And- he's black. And if I mean, you think it
0: brings in a black vote, then um, then yeah, maybe you bring in Ben Carson. You know, all I would say is that, and I, I don't think it should be Vivek, because I want to see Vivek earn his political capital, and I'd rather see him in some form of an administrative role yeah. than, than an actual political position. But, He's earned something. But I want to see, I think Trump's vice president, no matter what angle he goes with, needs to be a firebrand. You know, he already kind of tried the yin and yang I'm the big bull in the china shop, and then Mike Pence comes in with the kid gloves type of thing, you know, soft spoken. I, I want somebody who's even more brash than Donald yeah. Trump. I want someone who's actually going to give, take the air out of the room when it comes to Donald Trump. I, I want Trump to to pick somebody who's even more brash than he is. But uh, you know, again, You're describing
1: I, I, Vivek, Vivek. <laughs> I am. I, I
0: in a way, I I understand that, but no, yeah. so. I think at this point, you're you're probably looking at a Noam. You're probably looking at maybe a Sanders or maybe a Ben Carson. I'd say, you know, Tim Scott's name gets thrown around a lot, too. So that might be another person who is uh, OK in the hard. debates.
1: He was kind of goofy. But who um, saw
0: Mike Pence? You know, nobody yeah. really predicted Mike Pence. I don't even think he was on because, I mean, look, for whatever reason, Vegas knows what's going on. And I don't even think Pence was on the Vegas odds list when Trump chose him for VP. So Trump could have already chosen someone that we're not even thinking of. So I don't even really like to speculate. But if I was, that's where I would go.
1: I suspect he won't say anything until um, probably for till Super Tuesday, probably. Right. He's not going to. I don't think he's got any incentive to announce anything right now. He's got to let it, at least until what's her name drops out. Is she going to yeah, drop I, out? She's got to drop no, out. I, I, I... Did you? She was like, "Oh, I did so good in Nevada." She lost <laughs> to literally nobody.
0: Yeah, she lost to, the above. She lost <laughs> to anyone else but you, you bitch. And she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I did so great. Look, I got double the votes for a ghost." So yeah. no, I don't think. I think. I think the strategy is, and Vivek had it right. Look, Vivek's political savvy is extremely impressive for somebody just getting involved. But I think he had it right. Haley's angle is, I'm going to stay in this because Trump's going to go to jail, and they're going to take Trump off the ticket, and then they'll have no choice but to but to select me. So I yeah. think that's Haley's play. So she's going to take loss after loss after loss after loss. I mean, she'll take every loss, and she'll
1: just stick around because I think that's her play. Uh, she has unlimited money, too. So there's not. she's not like a regular. I mean, she's got uh, big defense money. She's got BoomerCon money. All these old. you know, Well, if she needs money, she can um, get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. If she needs yeah. money, she can get it. And, and if she wants anything from the RNC, she can get that, too.
1: Yeah, well, right. Well, RNCs doesn't have as much money as they used to either. That that's why it's no. Like, it's all out. in. Uh, it's all in. Um. Uh. Ron or Ronnie McDaniel's lips and ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, I'll let uh, I'll let you get on with your show. Go and make sure you guys follow Owen on his Rumble channel and his social media. And then after today's show, go watch him over on Band Dot Video from three to six. Owen, thanks so much for giving me your time. It's been an absolutely great conversation, dude. And and I uh, wish you all the best.
0: A pleasure, man. It was great to see you on with Alex Jones
1: uh, as well. That was fun. I got him to open his shirt. He almost took it all the way off, too. Good. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> all right, all man. Be good. Uh, have a good weekend and uh, stay safe. Thank you. You too. All right. Well, that was Owen Schroyer, everybody. Um, an excellent uh, guest who had a lot of interesting, smart things to say. It's always nice to bring people on who are smarter than me. Um and uh, know more about stuff. It's it's uh, that always makes for a much better guess. Um, bang naughty. Bit says Wednesday, Hawaii Supreme Court rule: Second Amendment rights do not extend to Hawaii citizens, citing the spirit of Aloha. Ruling, ruling what? Um, also, um, also Kimmy K seventy seven says love Owen Schreier. Thankful he made it out alive for being unfairly imprisoned. Keep up the amazing work. May God keep a hedge of protection around you. Roll tide. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, US. Uh I love the US, I think. And then um the uh mighty Megatron uh writes they had a secret room to hide them. Oh, the my mig- immigrants, illegal immigrants, and Hartsfield International Airport in Atlanta. Senator Colton Moore did a video on this on GayTube. Yeah, I did see that. Um yeah, the it's going to be interesting to see how all this pl- plays out. By the way, huge shout out to all of you! What a great week of of shows. Um, we've been, you know, pretty much between five thousand six thousand viewers every day. That's been amazing. Um, I hope that you guys will go uh, follow Owen's channel. I mean, if there's five thousand people here watching, I bet you we could get him over ten thousand. He went from eight point five to eight point six four to eight point six five. So. We could definitely, um, definitely get him up over that. Uh, interesting stuff, by the way. If you if you haven't yet, uh, and you still use Facebook, I know you might not, but I've been pushing to save the normies. Um, oh, here, uh, fried pickles is is uh, putting Owens in there, and that's totally fine. Don't don't mute that. Rumble.com/slash/c slash owen um if you use facebook i'm trying to save the normies i want to get to 14,000 likes and followers facebook.com slash quartering news you'll find totally unique four minute five minute videos here that you won't get anywhere else um and i'm on a mission to save the boomers and get them to get out and vote in november and i need you to like and follow that page if you use Facebook. Um Yoma says Friday 5 or jump on the train. Thanks Jeremy. Yes, everyone should. All 5,000 people should donate $5. <laughs> Actually, you know what instead of instead of uh donating $5, you could think about uh joining my joining the basement. That is my locals group and uh it's 5 bucks a month and it goes directly to supporting not just me, but my video editors which are two, which do the intros and and for my videos and for my live streams, as well as my graphics designer and my social media person. Your five bucks goes a long way to supporting me. And uh, if you would join the basement or join my locals, that would be awesome. Maybe today will be that day. Basement dwellers unite. Also, every live stream, if you're in the basement, you get access to a special little chat option uh, where... I see every little thing you tweet and write. Brian says, join the basement. Lady Brittany's there. Um, Brian says, Jeremy, the boomer whisperer. Chat has been, I have too many chat problems for the last couple weeks. Oh, Raven Black Dove's been having some tech problems. So I get to see you over in that chat. I wanted to talk about, should we just do another topic? Joe Padula says, we promoted your page on our Facebook live show. So you've got fans. Absolutely. Nice. Thank you, dude. Pre- appreciate that I'm really trying to get my Facebook page did the question is did Timmy tenders did Timmy tenders cover the Biden stuff did Timbo slice cover the Biden stuff because if he didn't I think we can make go ahead and make a standalone video on it because I wanted to talk about you know Biden potentially being replaced. By the way, we did stream today to Twitter. A whole 22 people watching on Twitter. Shout out. If you're on Twitter, I want you to come over to Rumble. I'm knocking off the Twitter stream right now. So if you're still watching on Twitter... Come on over to my Rumble page. It's linked in my Twitter bio. And um,
2: that way you can see the rest of the show. Dun,
1: dun, dun. Uh, He did in the full live stream. Oh, he did in his, like, his, like, Culture Wars show or whatever. I think he basically takes Fridays off now and he just uploads like the same generic like look at this Gen Z weirdo uh, videos on Fridays trying to check.
2: How What's everyone got going on this weekend? Doo ba do ba do be do do Oh, it's a Super Bowl this weekend. That's right. Oh, he didn't. He covered... We Broke Bud Light. I don't know about that. I don't know about that.
1: I don't know. Joe Padula says, Brother, what software do you use? Streamlabs, Restream. Uh, For multicasting, I use Restream. For interviews, I use StreamYard. But normally, I use Streamlabs.
2: Friday Night Tights. Super Bowl Party. I'm taking my mom to a play. Uh-oh. Internet lagged out there for a second. Yeah, there's something weird happened with the
1: Internet there. You know, the problem is I'm connected to Wi-Fi and not the, not the hard line. That's the
2: problem. Um, let's see here.
1: All this time I've been using Wi-Fi. I don't want to switch anything now. I'll fix it later.
2: No, I was like, my computer switched to Wi-Fi for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Well, here is.
1: Well, wait, one thirty nine. I have to write down the timestamp so I can get this. And then, um. By the way, I'm going to hang out with uh, the locals chat after the show today. So if you've
2: been thinking about joining locals, please make that make that today so you can hang out in the chat. Okay.
1: Interesting, interesting story. Are the powers that be in the government thinking about replacing Joe Biden. Many people attaching to a tweet put out from the official POTUS account yesterday at 11 a.m., just hours before what can only be described as a disastrous press conference. Now, many people did not... Uh, expect Joe Biden to go out on stage and talk without a teleprompter for any longer than just a few seconds because, well, we have a body of work that is over four years, that we know he's incapable of doing that. But what happened yesterday is there was a report that uh, essentially said, it's my interpretation of it, Joe Biden is mentally unfit to stand trial. They were looking at you know, he had some classified documents and the powers that be essentially said, well, he's a well-meaning old guy with a poor memory. This is the guy with the nuclear codes, by the way. Um, and so in order to counteract that, in order to convince people that he, in fact, isn't cognitively declined, They ran him out there and did a press conference during the time in which Tucker was releasing his interview. I don't know if they thought that people wouldn't notice. I don't know if they thought that this was going to be a win for them. Some people are looking at the timeline of things and thinking, well, they're doing this to inform the American people that they're going to replace him with somebody else. And I'm not totally convinced by that, but watching his press conference was... Shocking. Now, there was a special counsel yesterday on Joe Biden having his having classified files at his home. By the way, it's something that probably every president has ever done. But since we live in a two-tier justice system, you know, President former President Trump is facing 450 years in prison. And Joe Biden is just a f- mentally frail old man incapable of being charged for anything. You see, GOP Representative Tenney calls to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Biden from office after alarming her report. I don't think they should remove him from office. I think whoever would take over would be far worse. And I'm not, you know, and it's just my opinion. I'm not exactly convinced he's making any of the decisions that are getting attributed to him right now anyway. the Her, her who did the investigation, described Biden as a, quote, Elderly man with a poor memory who didn't remember even when he was vice president. Republican uh, Representative Claudia Tenney is calling for the cabinet to explore the use of the Constitution's 25th Amendment to remove President Biden from office following special counsel Robert Hur's alarming report. Hur did not recommend criminal charges against the president for mishandling classified documents. Those records included classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan among other records related to national security and foreign policy in which he had sitting in his garage. All right. Now, I don't like that Trump had piles of them. I don't like that Biden had piles of them. I'm sure that there are other people in politics that also take things home that shouldn't be doing that. All right. I don't like it for either one of them. But now the precedent has been set. I used to think that I could say, well, how do you charge Trump now if you let Biden off? But we know that we don't live in a fair and just society. We know that there's a two tier justice system. I mean, there's a million examples of it. I don't even, it's not even, I mean, it's not even a a statement. People aren't even batting an eye. You know, how many documents did Obama have? No one talks about that. Her, though, described Biden as sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Again, he has the nuclear codes. Make sure you leave a like on this video if uh, you enjoy a little bit more of the, you know, the political comments, commentary. Her, though, described him that in a more than 300-page report, it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. And said he would be well into his 80s. This report, in my opinion, basically says basically says that he is unfit to stand trial,
2: and he has the nuclear codes.
1: After concluding that uh, Fox News Digital obtained a letter. From Tenney, a Republican from New York, after concluding that President Biden knowingly and willfully removed, mishandled, and disclosed classified documents repeatedly over a period of decades, Mr. Hurd nevertheless recommended that charges not be brought against him. Special Counselor's reasoning was alarming. He recited numerous instances of when President Biden exhibited dramatically compromised mental faculties and concluded that a jury would likely perceive Biden as a sympathetic, forgetful old man. Well, I mean, geez, I mean, if you're a sympathetic, forgetful old man, I guess there's no laws for you. You can just do whatever you want in this country. Quote, we don't prosecute or decline to prosecute people based on their personalities or on the public's anticipated perception of them, Tenney wrote. If special counsel finds that the evidence forms a reasonable basis to bring charges, then he must do so. I agree. Even CNN, this is what I'm talking about with people thinking that the machine, the established, is moving to replace him. Even CNN wrote, Biden tried to lay to rest age concerns, but may have exacerbated them. After hours of Republican claims that the report showed he wasn't capable of serving as president, Biden appeared at a hastily scheduled news conference Thursday evening apparently seeking to turn the page on what it turned out to be a disastrous day. I know what the heck I'm doing, he he chortled. Biden fumed in the diplomatic room of the White House as he defended his faculties and bristled with anger. Okay, cool, then charge him. He just said he knows what he's doing, so charge him. Biden also pointed out that Herz report drew distinctions between his handling of classroom materials and Donald Trump's allegedly criminal an obstructive conduct over the same issue. Of course, it's different with a capital D when a Democrat does it. It's different. Trump took classified documents. I took classified documents. But I'm a Democrat. So I'm a forgetful, well-meaning old man. And Donald Trump should go to prison for 500 years. Again, I want to point out, I don't like either one of them taking classified documents from the White House. I'm only saying, let's not pretend like everybody doesn't do that. Come on, man," he said. Biden appeared fired up and passionate, but at the same time, his angry demeanor and an event which appeared to quickly spin out of his control, with reporters shouting questions as he struggled to interrupt, may have ended up exacerbating the very questions about his age that it was meant to dispel. When CNN's M.J.E. M.J. Lee pointed out that many voters have questions about his age. Biden pointed a finger and forcibly said, that's your judgment. There was also a poignant moment where palatable grief came to the surface when the president condemned her for suggesting an interview that he struggled to remember the date of his beloved son's passing. It's hard to think of a more painful thing for Biden to have to read since he remains deeply affected by his son's passing from brain cancer in 2015 how the heck did he dare say that, Biden asked, before breaking off, apparently close to tears. Well, Biden is an old, broken man. He may be well-meaning, but that does not change the fact that a crime a, tr- a crime was committed. And many will say that Trump, as the president, had legal authority, while Joe Biden did it, he was the vice president and did not. Did everybody who had access to Biden's garage have security clearance?
2: I doubt it. I mean, this is nuts. Even CNN
1: is turning on him. I don't want to remove Joe Biden. I want to coast through to November and I want to defeat him at the ballot box. What are you gonna? What do? What are you gonna replace him with? You know, this is a guy that calls the Egyptian leader president of Mexico. Now, again, some of these gaffes I think get overblown. You know, I couldn't remember the name of five hundred different you know party leaders or whatever the case is, but I'm also not the president. Former Democratic congressman says it's time for the party leaders to talk about replacing Biden. As their 2024 nominee, Harold Ford Jr. says, "Dems party leaders will have to start talking about Biden's fitness for re-election." This is the primary point that I made when he got elected in the first place, and a lot of people pointing to this tweet, which seemed suspiciously timed at 11 a.m. yesterday. We are so fortunate to have a real leader. A true friend and a historic vice president in Caramel Harris. We couldn't do this without you. Oh, she's doing nothing, isn't she? The border czar, by the way. People just forget that. Wasn't she supposed to fix the border? They've had five, six years now. Whether it was the presidential, you know, election running, run up, lying about Joe Biden's mental capacity. Now, it's gotten so bad that they have to keep him off camera, basically. The guy's never off camera or off script. I'm not saying I like, you know, Vladimir or anything, but that guy just had a two-hour conversation and seemed sharp as a tack. You see, they planned this. It's all for show. You're going down. I'm yelling timber. Uh, Everybody in here says, basically... You know, Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist. Then Biden picked her because of race and gender. What a bizarre combination. After being a leader, Kamala has allowed a record 13 million illegals in three years. This is the only thing she's leading in, destroying the United States. Today is today. Yesterday was yesterday. Tomorrow will be tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today. A beloved Kamala Harris quote. I don't see why those in power would try to replace Joe Biden because I think those really, it's just my opinion. But I think people who are really pulling the strings, the people really pulling the strings behind Joe Biden, why would they give up that power? There's absolutely no reason I can think of that the people who are really pulling the strings, and I don't think it's Joe Biden, I can't prove that. It's just my opinion. But I think the people really pulling the strings, Why would they replace him? Of course they wouldn't. It's insane. Gosh, I hope people get out and vote in November. Get out and vote. We can't have, I don't care who you vote for, just vote. And we can't have this clown in office anymore. Like you just, we can't, we can't. Four more years of this? I don't think so. What what a what a bizarre time we live in. What a bizarre time we live in, right?
2: Yes, kitty. What a bizarre time. What a weird time to be alive. All right.
1: I am going to talk about the IMC tweet. Um Hawaii Supreme Court also quoted the wire for their ruling. What? By the way, before you go, I am live every day, every weekday from 1 Eastern to 3 Eastern. I've got guests lined up for months now on Thursdays and Fridays. Please, if you're new, say hi in the chat. And if you haven't yet, please click that green follow button down below the video. If you're watching on the app, make sure you click that too. So you actually get notified. And if you want to hang out in the after show, please consider joining the basement. It's my locals. It's five bucks a month. It goes directly to supporting the channel and it goes miles. So if you've been on the fence about joining my locals, hopefully today will be the day you do that. You just click the word, the basement here, you sign up, it's five bucks a month. I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing you in the locals chat. If not, we'll be back on Monday at one Eastern. Same bat time, same bat channel. And um, I sincerely hope, though, that, you know, I don't want to do a hard sell, but if you can, please click that button to join the locals and come on over and hang out Locals. Um, It matters a ton. If not, have a safe weekend. Have a fun weekend. And uh, we'll see you Monday.